Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye Jr. My first guest is uh, Estella Ortega, who is the executive director of El Centro de la Raza. And uh, they, they are a growing organization. And uh, they also have a big event that's coming up, an annual event. Matter of fact, it was 51 years ago that her late husband, Roberto Maestas, on had a, a group of us renegades come together and break into Beacon Hill School, which had been unoccupied for years. And on October 12th, on Columbus Day, back then, uh, Roberto called a press conference and that, to announce that we had discovered the building. So <laughs> it, it has been 51 years and it's been nothing but uh, positive growth. And uh, Roberto certainly knew who, whose hands lead this uh, El Centro de la Raza. He really did know that. I know he's looking down, smiling, saying, wow, look at this. And uh, you just continue to grow. So why don't you just take a few minutes and share with our listeners, Estella, exactly what kind of services you're offering and what you have coming up. And we'll talk about the gala a little later. Yeah. In the you know, you know, being around 50 years, although I think, you know, we should be, you know, providing a whole lot more services because in the first seven years of our founding is the powers that be, you know, really penalized us for occupying the building and putting them in a place where they had to turn over the building to us. And I say had because we had such incredible support from, you know, the African-American community. Eddie, you know, you were there, Larry Gossett, you know, and a whole lot of other people, you know, the Asian community, the Native American, and of course, Latino. And when you have Back in those days, people of color coming together wasn't uh, something that we were commonly doing. So the powers that be took notice of that and they turned it over to us because of all that massive support that we had from communities of color, the faith community and um, the anti-war movement um, at the time also. And, you know, today we have over 43 different programs in the area of children and youth. Um, we have now four different child development centers in different places. We're opening up three more in the next two years. Um, you know, youth services, we're out in federal way, really making an impact in uh, the schools where, you know, our kids go to um, in the federal way area. Um, you know, there's um, asset building education programs and the education programs I would want to highlight is how we are helping not only people in Seattle, but seeing in King County, South King County on how to start a business, how to grow a business, how to become WIMBY certified. Um, we just opened up last year, which is really important when our kids you know, don't fit into the regular school system and they drop out. We have started a GED program. And what's important about that particular program is that after they get their GED, we funnel them into jobs that, I mean, apprenticeship programs that are in the trades, the maritime, the health industry. And those are well-paying jobs um, that uh, our kids should be able to get. And when you think about you know what almost 50 years ago the work that um the um you know the strikes that went on at uh south of seattle community college now called seattle college where the african-american community with tyree scott and a lot of other people shut down um the construction sites because they weren't hiring african-americans and so so, you know, we've come a long way in that area, a lot, a lot more to go, a lot of work, you know, obviously around economic development and housing. People know famously Plaza Maestas, um, that 112 unit uh, complex with um, mixed use. We we broke ground last year in April, let's see, no, this year in April on um, an apartment complex in Columbia City, 87 units of housing with early childhood development and also um, a church, you know, the uh, it's called the New Hope Church that has been in, in the Columbia City for, you know, probably a good 50 years or so also. And a project just dropped into our lap um, at last year in December, almost like a Christmas present, if you will, we are going to be uh, breaking ground next next summer on an 84 unit apartment complex right across the street from El Centro with some commercial space that we're looking at um, 
you know, a senior expanding our senior program or expanding our after school programs. And so those are the some of the things that we're doing. And obviously, I want to talk a little bit about um, the skating rink <laughs> that we bought in Federal Way um, that sits on two and a half acres of land. It's a great skating ring that we're going to keep because it employs young people. The model is employing high school students and college students because the, the skate ring normally doesn't open till about four o'clock in the afternoon. And then, of course, we will develop the rest of the property with housing, again, early childhood development, an education center, a mercado, a 6,000 square foot mercado, which is a marketplace for small businesses to come and sell you know, their wares, their food, things that they bring from, you know, other their countries to sell. So we're very, very excited about that, Eddie. And I'll stop there. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, uh, I want to also say that I want you and Miguel to know about uh, the Washington Chapter National Association of Minority Contractors, too. In uh, that unity, there is strength. So yes. uh, if, if it, folks go to NAMCWA.com, the information is there. There's also a membership meeting at five o'clock. Uh, today as well. So I want to make sure you were aware of that and you can pass it on to Miguel because he might be in touch with some folks who might be interested in collaborating and make sure that uh, the, all this money that's coming down, you know, the numbers don't look good for any of the uh, people of color in the state right now. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's kind of dismal, really, when you look at it uh, all together in one agency, all, all of us together didn't do 1%. And that was yep. the state's no, I know. Agency. So I'm just saying, so that's one thing we need to come together. Now, the other thing is that you have the 51st uh, gala coming, well, the 51st anniversary and gala coming up on uh, the 20th of uh, of, uh, of, of this month. Can oh, you, it's October the 14th. October, what am I talking about? Oh, October 14th. Okay. October, I don't know. I'm looking, looking at the wrong You're thing. That's thinking a about maybe that's a another doctor. time with us. No, that's a doctor's appointment. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> okay. But anyway, uh, all right. But uh, yeah, so uh, why don't you share with a little bit of our listeners? What can what can they expect, and how can they support uh, the El Centro uh, De La Rosa's Gala? Yes. Well, you know, one of the things that we started doing since Roberto passed away in 2010, we do, we name two, you know, people of color, usually a man and a woman, um, who are doing good community work, working in, you know, in a multiracial way, if you will, in building unity. So um, we do that every year. So that's been what? Um they're almost 13 years because it'll be, um, it was 13 years since Roberto passed away in September. So this year we are naming Roxana um, Narosi, who is the executive director of One America. She's done, her organization has done a lot of good work around, you know, advocating for immigrants and refugees, um, advocacy work, um, you know, doing uh, education work. So, um, we're very, very pleased to be honoring her with, um, you know, the, the, the Roberto Maestas Legacy Award. And then Keith Tucker, I don't know if you know Keith, he's kind of a young guy. He's in, I say young because he's in his 40s and, you know, we won't say where we're at at this time. <laughs> and Keith started an organization that is called Hip Hop is Green. And he brings young people of all races together. And his work is around educating about the environment, what you can do as one person in, um, you know, helping save the planet, if you will. Does a lot of stuff around healthy eating, vegan. I know, you know, <laughs> we're all beginning to learn what the word vegan means. And he's got some land in the central area where he's doing some farming, also, and I just felt in we just we just felt in these days and times that you know people need to know about Keith's work. And uh, you're absolutely so right. Uh, Keith has been doing work like this in the community, trying to even keep me healthy as as well as other <laughs> folks. And uh, he does a, a a real good job in terms of uh, reaching out to the community. And I think there's this uh, garden. Uh, I can't remember the exact location, but I think it's right off Martin Luther King Jr. Way South. I think that's where it is. But uh, now we've got a couple of minutes more. So tell people how they can support uh, the 51st 
uh, annual, well, the 51st gala celebration that's going to be on October 14th at the Seattle Convention Center. Yes. So people can support by, you know, obviously showing up, you know, on the 14th. Um, they can, if they don't want to show up, they want to just be involved in the, there is an online auction with a lot of great things that people can purchase. And usually you get pretty good prices when you buy stuff from an auction. So they can help in that way. And then we just tell, you know, people who are listening, if they're just learning about us is, you know, please come and visit us. We have um, the first Thursday of every month, we have something that's called Cafe con el Centro, Coffee with el Centro. It's about 8.30 in the morning and people can come to take a tour. They're just curious about the organization. You know, they want to volunteer. Maybe they want to work there. And so it's an opportunity for people to get to know us and uh, we invite you to participate in that way. In Spanish, we say, Nuestra casa es su casa, which translates into, our home is your home, too. Oh, that's great. That that sounds just like Roberto Masters, too. <laughs> but uh, I want to let you know that, uh, Eric, the operations manager for the station, a couple hours after this live broadcast, uh, it will be available on Alexa and my podcast. So okay. uh, you'll be hearing it frequently. So thank you very much, Estella. Thank you. you before, thank I'll see you, you on the 14th. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. All right. Bye. Okay. Uh, my next guest uh, is Bob Armstead, who's the president of the Washington chapter of National Association of Minority Contractors, and Corbett Mosley, who's going to be one of the featured speakers uh, at the NAMC uh, membership meeting at five o'clock uh, this uh, afternoon from five to six thirty. And uh, as I mentioned before, and I also put it under Bob's picture uh, on Facebook, NAMCWA.com. So, Bob, welcome in. Corbett, welcome in. Corbett also is a publisher of Opportunity Link, and he has a, a distributed up and down the I-5 corridor from Thurston County to, to King County. It might be even Snohomish County now. But, uh, Bob, why don't you just take some time and share with us uh, how uh, how uh, NAMC is faring, because when we look at the numbers, we don't look that great. Uh, absolutely not, Eddie. And I would like to uh, start off, though, by saying congratulations to Estella. Uh, they are really doing some wonderful things, and we would uh, welcome the opportunity to work with them in any way that we can. Uh, NAMAC, or the National Association of Minority Contractors, as Eddie stated, is the oldest minority and women construction industry association uh in the country uh 54 years uh this year the organization has been in existence uh, and thanks to eddie and others here in the seattle area the relationship uh with namac that was started in oakland uh california exceeds that by about two years uh, we are are currently in the process of doing a number of things uh, first and foremost, uh, there is more infrastructure, education, uh, ecology, and other monies available in this country than there has been in the last 50 years. Uh, the federal government and those involved there are pushing this money out to the states and the states down to uh, local governments and other agencies as fast as they can. Uh, we have been attempting since last year to get some accountability for that. Uh, each of those funding acts, the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, the Community Benefit Agreement Plans, and the Justice 40 Initiative. Uh, have requirements that go with uh, the providing of those funds for the inclusion of our communities. Uh, we have been attempting through uh, our legislators, through direct contacts with the federal agencies in Washington, D.C., and others to get information relative to how much of that money has come to Washington State. The last information that we got was $5.7 billion, but that information is probably eight to 10 months old. 
Also, we need to know which agencies and which sub-agencies are the recipients of that funding. Uh, if we do not act uh, in advance of the expenditures of those funds, we will be in the same position that we've been in here in Washington State for the last 25 years. And that position is the money will get spent and then we will be told, sorry, but it's gone. Uh, we have to have our uh, elected officials, uh, specifically our federally elected officials, provide us with the information that will help us track the awarding of those funds so that we can do whatever we can to make sure that we are included uh, in those expenditures. Uh, this evening at five o'clock, we have our, our monthly meeting. Uh, and as you stated, it starts at five, it goes from five to 5.30. Uh, you can access the meeting by going to namcwa.com. Uh, the access to the meeting is posted on the front page of our website and also inside of our website. And for today, uh, our agenda is to have representatives from the Washington State Department of Enterprise Services discuss the Washington EDGE program. The Washington EDGE program is a program that is being developed specifically to help micro and many uh, businesses in the construction industry. That happens to be where a majority of our businesses are. Uh, they were one of our presenters last uh, month. The session actually went almost an hour over because of the interest. We had both the construction industry and the community at large participate in that meeting to ask questions and get an understanding of what is being proposed because DES has publicly stated that they want our input so that this program will address our needs and provide the, the service and assistance that our firms need in order to participate uh, in the construction expenditures that occur in Washington State. Because it went over so much last month, they are back this month to continue that discussion. We have information concerning the Washington Edge program, uh, as well as the uh, Community Investment Act that has $200 million worth of fund that Carbet uh, will speak to uh, in a minute. We ask you to go to our website, familiarize yourself as much as you can, if you'd like, uh, with the program so that when you uh, check in to our meeting this afternoon, you will have specific questions or specific comments and information that you can share with the people that are running those programs so that they can address your interests. And I would like for, uh, for Carbet to provide you with information about the Community uh, Reinvestment Act. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Bob. Um, I'm, I'm not sure uh, how, where to start uh, you know, um, uh, but maybe the overview, um, just briefly, uh, the Community Reinvestment Act, uh, our community reinvestment accounts, um, and it, it, there's a difference between the Community Reinvestment Act, that's the federal legislation, and this pot of funds, it's the Community um, uh, Reinvestment Account. Um, it's general funds from the state of Washington, and it's intended, it's a $200 million account that is, uh, that has a community members over nights, uh, reviews, um, surveys, focus groups, lunch hour conversations, research to come up with a plan on how to invest $200 million to respond to the racial, social, and economic the war on drugs. And um, one of the things to kind of point out, it's the beneficiaries of those dollars um, are not just intended for people who um, have had some run-in with the law. It really took into an account the community level 
um, uh, trauma. So instead of individuals just being recipients, um, we targeted um, through the research and through uh, Washington State's kind of own admission is that uh, communities of color, particularly Black, Hispanic, and Indigenous uh, communities were disproportionately um, harmed by um, uh, the war on drugs. And so this pot of funds for the, the 200 million is uh, there's four categories. There's reentry services, violence prevention, legal assistance, but the largest bucket is economic development. And the economic development bucket is about 130 million um, out of the 200 million. So that just kind of puts that in perspective, the investments that we, you know, uh, that are part of that, that plan. And it's very important for people to understand too, that we were really intentional about um, thinking, uh, how do we leverage this investment so that it leverages additional funding, additional capital. And so don't think about it as 130 million to spend down. Think about it as 130 million to um, to leverage in terms of assets, in terms of starting a business, um, expanding a business, um, uh, you know, purchasing an asset uh, like a home, you know, all of those kinds of things are, are built in programs uh, within this pot of funds. There's, uh, if you if you look online, um, for folks that want to, you know, find out a little bit more information, they could go to um, wa-reinvest.com, or they can go to um, the opportunity link, and that's the paper that uh, I've, I've started up to track alongside some of the resources from the community reinvestment uh, plan, where to access funding, um, some of the details when RFPs get released, and how people can really maximize that opportunity. Um, and looking forward to coming tonight to NAMAC to share a little bit more with folks. Did you want me to touch on a, 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 some other uh, particular um, part, Bob? Um, I, I'd be more than happy to go into any detail. Uh, no, I, I, I think you've done a very good job. What, what we want to do is to give people enough information to encourage them to come on uh, at five o'clock so that they can get your full presentation. Uh, it's important for individuals, for community groups. Uh, Eddie started the show today with Estella talking about the wonderful things and programs that have been developed over the last 50 years through her organization. Uh, to me, this is an opportunity for people who have an interest to providing those types of services in the community from their group or their organization, or for individuals who are interested in starting businesses that can uh, contribute to the uh, economic vitality of the community. That's great. So once again, that meeting is today, uh, Bob, at, uh, and how can people log on? Uh, they can go to namcwa.com. That is our website. On the front page of the website is information that will uh, allow you to uh, to access the meeting. You can log on from that front page. And they can get more information from Corbett Moses Lee about the Opportunity Link and about the 200 million and where we are with that. So look, I want to thank both of you guys. I'll see you uh, this afternoon at five o'clock. Bob, you said five is five to 6.30, right? Five to 6.30, yes. Okay, well, thank you very much, Bob Armstead, President of Washington Chapel National Social Security Contractors. Corvette Mosley going to be the featured speaker at the meeting at 5 o'clock this afternoon at namcwa.org. Okay, Eric, take the break and we'll come right back. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. 
Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only connect more people to more places, we're making life better for all. We're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire region of opportunities, like jobs and school. If you have an ORCA card, you can just tap and go. We have reduced fares for seniors and riders with disabilities. For adults with lower incomes, check out ORCA Lift and pay just a dollar for your ride. To plan your trip or to learn more, visit us at soundtransit.org. Walking your talk? Take us with you. The KKNW app makes streaming our programming easy on your phone or tablet. Right, Eddie Ride back at Urban Forum Northwest with Eric got James Brown blowing in the background. But there are a few things I want you to know that uh, once uh, the Northwest African American Museum uh, will be having their unity benefit on Friday, February 6th at 5.30 p.m. It will be uh, at, uh, uh, what what hotel is it going to be? I have to come back and and, and talk to Lanisha about getting uh, the, the right hotel and stuff. But anyway, they're celebrating 15 years, and it's going to be at the Four Seasons, I do believe. Uh, I tell you what, I'll get that information passed on to you. I want to make sure I give you the right information. And she would be very upset for me to give you misinformation. Also, uh, uh, President uh, Leslie Braxton, the senior pastor at uh, – New Beginnings Christian Fellowship, his brother passed away, Norman Braxton. His service will be tomorrow, Friday at 11 o'clock a.m. And then E.J. Bristol, who was a stalwart in terms of the Black student movement in Washington State, at University of Washington, you can read about him on uh, the front page of uh, the Facts newspaper. And my next guest is uh, Sarah Sense Wilson, the founder of the Urban Native Education Alliance, UNEA, and uh, we know that October 9th is going to be Indigenous Peoples Day. And uh, Sarah's been on the program before, but welcome again, Sarah. And you want to tell us about what's going to be happening on October 9th. I know you're you're working with the North Seattle College and also with uh, my next guest, who is, uh, well, later on the program is going to be Dr. Mike Tooley, who is Executive Director of the United Indians of All Tribes. So welcome again, Sarah, since Wilson. All right. Han, I'm Petu Washte, Matakiapi. Sarah Sense Wilson, Amachiapie, Ma Ogallala Lakota. Um, good day, everybody. Thank you, Eddie, for having me on again. It's such an honor. I always appreciate it. Any opportunity to, to share space with you and your team. Um, yeah, so Urban Native Education Alliance, we have a lot going on, Eddie. I don't even know where to start, but I will begin with Indigenous People Day. Um, our um, youth leadership council will be partaking and sharing in leadership with the um, city at city hall there's actually three events happening um, that are supported and sponsored by a whole collaboration of indigenous um, organizations and partnerships and um, so unea is just a small a small part in all of that but we're there to um, to really you know uplift and and show unity within our community and so we'll have students that will be speaking at the city hall event. And then we also will be at the Daybreak Star event that Dr. McTooley will be speaking more about. And that's always an exciting event because really that's that kind of marks like the the biggest like gathering of the day of the um, the full um, spectrum of indigenous people community will be there. Um, sharing and celebrating and, and dancing, singing, um, smiling, eating greasy fry bread, you know, just <laughs> just really enjoying the company of one another. Um, all too often, we, um, we don't have those opportunities to, to join and to celebrate and to as a, as a collective um, intertribally. And um, so we always look forward to that. And I know they do a great job out at United Indians feeding everybody and just making sure that we're having a great time and feel welcome. We also, we also will be um, in partnership with North Seattle college and specifically the, the EDI department, we will be um, offering a statement that will go out um, to the Seattle colleges and 
our students also created a video that is a multi-generational perspective on what Indigenous Peoples Day means to them. And um, so we're excited for that project because again, you know, our youth is coming from our youth and their, um, their genius of um, what they envision for um, sharing a message of inspiration and, and of also, also honoring all of those elders and the ancestors who you know brought forward this this idea of you know abolishing columbus day and replacing it with indigenous people day yeah that's just an issue my first guest was estella ortega and uh, i was reminded of the fact that when uh, the building was occupied beacon hill school had been vacant for a long time uh, Roberto Maestas uh, had everybody go in there on Friday on, on that night of the 11th and the next day uh, announced to the world that he, uh, we had discovered this building. <laughs> I love nobody, that. nobody was there. So, uh, yeah, so that, that reminds me of that. Now, you do, do quite a few other programs as well. Why don't you share with our listeners uh, some of the other services and programs that you're currently conducting? Absolutely. And I want to also preface it with that we are um, a volunteer driven um, workforce. And um, so we really uh, rely and lean on our community. And that's all spectrum of our community to, um, to come and, and, you know, participate in any way they can to advance our efforts forward with supporting our Native student success. And that's ultimately our goal is to, for every one of our students, every one of our um, indigenous community members that they find success in education and um, pursue whatever dreams they have. Um, so we have a leadership, um, we call it the UNEA Internship Leadership Council. And these are students who are earning a stipend and also earning high school credit through the Seattle Public School um, work training program that they have. And so we, um, we have right now enrolled 14 students who are all earning you know, $500 a month to learn um, leadership skills, public speaking, how to um, community build, and, and at the same time, learning about cultural protocols. Because a lot of times our urban Indian kids, not all of them, but a, but a lot of them, are missing out on those cultural teachings because we are in Seattle. You know, we don't have as quick and easy access to reservation life and to our elders and people who have those traditional knowledge systems. And so we're we're opening those doors for our youth that they are able to um, to really grab a hold of understanding like what their responsibility is within the community while they're learning, you know, these protocols while they're learning you know, value systems that are pretty in opposition and in competition with the um, dominant society. But, um, but yeah, drumming, singing, we're getting ready to head to Washington, D.C. next month to do, um, you know, some civic learning. We, um, we have other events coming up where our youth are really you know, the ones that are driving the vision of what those look like. So um, we have a basketball program, Native Warrior Athletics, and, um, and that's for, for youth ages 5 to 15. And that's for free. It's a free program. They get training. They get, like, we try to do league and travel to um, for basketball tournaments. And there's that. And then we also have a mentorship. And that's starting again. We're launching that next Tuesday at North Seattle College. And um, so any youth interested in um, mentorship, we pair them with local indigenous, um, whether they're elders or professionals, and, um, and then they you know, build a bond and relationship and do tutoring and just like coaching, essentially. So... Yeah, we have, we, I mean, there's, there's a whole lot of other stuff going on. Clear Sky Academy. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Clear Sky Academy really burst out of the vision of a, a K through 12 um, school that we hope to one day see um, become 
a reality for our community. So the Clear Sky Academy is an indigenous pedagogy that focuses on um, indigenous ways of knowing and learning. And um, we're, we're going to be offering two free classes that are academic um, elective classes where they will earn credit starting second semester. And um, know, so um, Sarah says, Wilson, I want you to make sure that you um, inform uh, the Native American contractors around here that uh, there's a National Association of Minority Contractors, the Washington chapter, that Bob Armstead is the president. I'm one of the co-founders. And together we can have some strength in dealing with uh, these opportunities. A lot of money is coming down the pike. President Biden has said there should be a 15% goal on for minorities. But wow. uh, looking at the, the state's past record, you know, we have to, uh, you know, kind of take that with a grain of salt because we haven't seen anything that's happening. But Sarah, I want to thank you for all the work you do. Uh, actually, I think I'm going to recommend some folks that look up some of your programs so they can be implemented in other communities as well. Because mm -hmm. I believe in this, uh, if someone has something that's working, especially to help young people, then I'm all for yeah. I'm all for being a copycat because that means some young people are going to benefit uh, from from uh, what you've been doing. So, uh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, anyway, have them go to NAMCWA.com, NAMCWA.com. And uh, as Bob indicated earlier, uh, everything is right on uh, the website, uh, the, the entry uh, code, everything is right there. So please uh, share that information. And uh, if they can't make it today, I know it's a late notice, but let them know they can go there in the future and see how we're going to try to collaborate to make sure that uh, all of our people of color participate uh, in this huge economic pie, uh, which mm -hmm. is taxpayers' dollars we pay taxes. So anyway, so thank you very much, Sarah Sense Wilson. I'll see you soon, okay? Thank you so much, Eddie. You have a wonderful day. Okay, thank you. All right, bye. Okay, go back to Bob, Bob for a minute. So uh, Bob, uh, just uh, while we wait for Kent, Kent uh, Stevens to come on, uh, a little bit about the history. When you said that's the oldest NAMC is the oldest uh, advocacy organization for minorities and women in the country? Uh, it's the oldest minority and women-specific uh, trade association for people in the construction industry. Uh, the organization was started uh, in 1969 in Oakland, California. It is currently uh, headquartered in Washington, D.C., with state chapters such as our chapter and the Oregon State Chapter uh, throughout the country. Uh, the organization provides primarily uh, advocacy services, although we do have a, uh, a training program, we have other uh, avenues of providing assistance uh, to our membership and to the community at large. But we are specifically interested in helping to ensure that our members and other minorities and women in the construction industry are given the opportunity to participate in, as you said, tax-funded projects that, uh, that we all pay for. Uh, we, unfortunately, over the last 25 years, have a horrendous history uh, here in Washington State of not having that kind of inclusion. And for those people who are new to the state and perhaps think that this is the way that it's always been, uh, I invite them to, to speak and talk with you. Uh, to perhaps take a tour with you through the Central District uh, so you can help them understand what it was before I-200 and what it has become. They can see what it has become. And this is not because there is not uh, capacity uh, and knowledge and experience and all of those things that are required to perform on projects is just because of race we've not been included. Right. We've been joined by uh, Kent Stevenson, the ma Mastro, who is a musical director for the Shades of Praise Gospel Choir. 
and they have a big event coming up. There's a certain young lady that I live with uh, that's also a member of the choir. So, uh, uh, Director Kent, we appreciate having you on. Why don't you take some time and share with us what's going on with Shades of Praise and what's going to be coming up with them? Well, the Shades of Praise Gospel Choir in the year 2020 celebrated its 40th year anniversary, having been organized by myself in the year 1980. But in January, you know, we made all these great plans, but by March, we all know the world closed down with COVID. So for the last couple of years, we've been trying to come out of the COVID cloud and this, our, our uh, we, so we call this our anniversary, 40th anniversary season. So this is the first event since COVID that we are having a musical concert. And we've invited a lot of our alumni singers together with our present singers, our band, and one of our very uh, excellent vocalists in, in the area, Rose Croon, will be with us. And it'll be a nice time to see uh, a lot of our singers come back together. The actual, okay. actual event is going to be on Sunday. Right. I Let me, why, don't you, why don't you run down the, the, yeah, the agenda for that? Right. It's going to be on Sunday, October 15th. Everything's happening on that one day. We have our gospel mass at 12 noon with the choir and the band. After mass, we go into the social hall for a wonderful reception for about an hour and a few minutes. Then we come back into the sanctuary. We're having a big gospel concert with the combined voices that we spoke of earlier at 2.30. And of course, there's no admission, but um, we accept their donations at the door. We're also partnering with St. Vincent de Paul and we're having a special collection uh, for those persons who were victims of the fires on Maui. And we're connected with St. Vincent in Hawaii. So the funds go directly from us to them and then from them to the people who need that help. Folks are also encouraged to bring um, a non-perishable food item to the concert uh, and uh, to help the those who need those kinds of things. But we hope to see everybody there. It's going to be packed out, I know. Well, give us the the, the, uh, the date and time and location one more time before we It's at St. Therese, I'm sorry, St. Therese Catholic Church. It's in Madrona, 935th Avenue in the Madrona community on Sunday, October 15th, 12 o'clock mass. 1.30 reception, 2.30 concert. Okay, we'll announce that again, too, uh, next week, sir. So thank you very much. As a matter of fact, if you have more to report, you can come back on because we lost about four or five minutes of your time today. Uh -oh. So thank you very much, kids. You can come back on next week and give us some more details. I appreciate the opportunity, Mr. Rod. Keep it up. Okay, thank you. Yes, sir. Bye-bye now. Oh, okay, so we're going to uh, take this break. But first of all, I want to give a shout out to some folks who helped keep the program on there. SeaTac Bar Group, LLC, they own the Mountain Room Bar and Africa Lounge on Concourse A at SeaTac. Sound Transfer's Office of Civil Rights, Equity and Inclusion, the Port Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, the City of Seattle's Purchasing and Construction Services Department. So we're gonna take a break and come right back, hopefully with Dr. Mike Tooley from United Indians of All Tribes. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seatacshops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only give people more reliable ways to get around, we're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire system of opportunities, like jobs, school, friends and family, and to the airport. 
Our commitment to economic development provides opportunities for women and people of color to compete fairly for sound transit contracts. All of this helps our regional workforce grow and thrive. Go to soundtransit.org and search DBE to learn more. Some people know a good thing when they hear it. Alternative Talk 1150. All right, we've been joined by Dr. Mike Tooley, the Executive Director of Gun and Indians of All Tribe. I knew the founder, uh, my good friend, Bernie Whitebear. He was one of the founders. And uh, so, Dr. Tooley, uh, how you doing? And let us know what's happening out at United Indians for All Tribes, sir. Hey, this is Eddie. I'm very honored to be here. Uh, thank you for having me as your guest. It's always a great to see you. A lot of great information come through you. And uh, I'm just uh, honored to be amongst you. Um, just give you a little bit about a little bit of brief background. Uh, United Indians has been around for over 50 years. And as Katie indicated, it was uh, due to the efforts of Larry Gossett, uh, Roberto Maestas, Bob Santos, Bernie White Bear, all quite instrumental and historic value that made uh, what, what Seattle what it is in the minority community. Just something we can't thank them enough for. And, um, you know, we were able to uh, um, formulate a, a what we consider a very significant uh, contributions, culturally speaking, to the, the greater Seattle area. And, uh, you know, even today, we are very, um, very much active. Uh, we, we have 11 programs that we have crafted. We also started a, a radio station and kind of copied off of you guys, Eddie, uh, hope you don't mind. Uh, just always, uh, you know, trying to learn from others and, uh, you know, something that we really appreciate and, uh, we're always trying to do our part to uh, inform the world. And uh, so I'll talk a little bit about, I guess you want to go a question format on the, or do you want to just keep talking? Well, I, I just wanted to find out what, what the kind of uh, programs and uh, assistance is the United Indians of all tribes are offering to, to the people. Okay. Well, we do a number of social service programs. Uh, we help Native American veterans. So we do, uh, we offer preschool for uh, three to five-year-olds. Uh, we also do a, uh, 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 preschool and, uh, uh, birth to three, uh, early childhood development. Uh, we also do, we work on, uh, anti-racism efforts, uh, through King County grants. Uh, we also do, uh, nutritious feeding of elders. Uh, we also do homeless prevention programming by, uh, helping people who are in arrears, people who are on the verge of losing their, uh, Apartments. We also help people who are uh, actually are homeless. Uh, people that you may see in downtown Seattle. We help uh, those folks, the 18 to 23, 24 year olds, by uh, helping them off the streets and getting them back into permanent housing uh, through wraparound services, providing uh, temporary housing, giving them uh, tools to work with, as well as counseling, so they can uh, make a go of their lives as best as they can. And, you know, there's also other things uh, we offer. We are getting uh, stronger into the um, education. We were, uh, you know, we do a lot of cultural and social services, but we're also starting to get into more educational kind of uh, goings-ons. And then we got the real big day coming up. October 9th is Indigenous Peoples Day. We had, a, I had Sarah Sense Wilson on from UNEA a little earlier and I guess she's going to be doing something at the North Seattle College and with the United Indians of All Tribes. So can you tell us a little bit about <clears throat> the activities that will be going on on uh, uh, October 9th, you know, uh, Indigenous Peoples Day? Certainly. Uh, yes, we plan on having a, uh, a wonderful day, uh, a lot of uh, uh, cultural activities. Uh, first, we'll, we'll be encouraging everyone to go to the downtown Seattle and uh, right around about uh, noontime, there'll be a march down there. And uh, what they do is they march about a mile from the city hall. They go to city hall and then they have a, a number of speeches. There'll be some cultural dances. And then uh, right around they disperse uh, probably mid afternoon. Uh, and what they do is they end up coming up to here and they break star. And then what we do is we, uh, we, we put on a lot of uh, speeches as well, invited guests people who are knowledgeable about uh, uh, Native uh, uh, kind of social activism work, people who are addressing racism, people who are trying to get stronger cultural um, 
kind of uh, uh, provisions and uh, and uh, trying to help people gain uh, education of what we do and get more involved with the community. But we also, uh, you know, offer uh, you know, feeding of people. We also offer cultural uh, provisions through song and dance, quite important in the Native world. Uh, we always try to acknowledge the, uh, uh, um, the contributions that Natives have brought to this uh, uh, to this world. Uh, you know, sometimes people think that uh, history didn't start till 1492, but you know, there's a lot. There was a lot of richness of of Native uh, what we provided to the world for uh, since time immemorial. That's very true. Now, how can people get access to uh, information at uh, United Indians of All Tribes? Uh, you well, they can go to our website, uh, United Indians dot org and there you'll find information provided there there's also if you uh, log on to our uh, radio station uh, it's uh, on the internet uh, you can also uh, gain information on that uh, any kind of a um, if you just type in on the internet uh, on google us uh, united indians radio you can easily uh, get us on on your uh, on your phones and on your internet uh, um, uh, computers well, I want to uh, pass the opportunity on to let your folks know that uh, uh, Bob Armstead is on. Now, he's the president of the Washington State Chapter of the National Association of Minority Contractors. And there's a membership meeting today, but uh, have uh, any of your contractors go to namcwa.com and find out about that information because a lot of money is coming through and we've got to make sure that we're positioned uh, to take advantage of those opportunities. Because after 25 years of no affirmative action, it pretty much decimated a lot of uh, the companies that were black owned. I don't know what, what it did to the native community, but it, it certainly was helping. But if you look at the numbers, none of us did really great with state contracting. And I think by us advocating and supporting each other that we can do a lot better. But NAMCWA.com. And uh, if you want to listen in today, uh, everything is on the website. Uh, and uh, if you have anybody around uh, your shop, that's pursuing uh, those kind of opportunities, they can get on. And also Bob and I are available to talk to folks at any time anyway. That's what we do. So uh, Dr. Mike Tooley, I really do appreciate the time that you gave up today. And we have to be, be more frequent. Last time I saw you, we were sitting together at a UNEA event at North Seattle, North Seattle College, along with uh, Mr. Wilson. So uh, it's good to see you again. And I hope you liked the picture I put up on Facebook, but you being you were demanding yeah. something. And I said, that's that's Dr. Mike. Let me put this picture up and take the headshot down. So thank you very much. So we appreciate you. Good luck. And we'll stay in touch. All right. Thank you, Eddie. Thanks, Bob. Okay. Okay. I want to correct something I mentioned earlier about the Northwest African American Museum uh, on Friday, October 6th. Uh, it's the 15th anniversary. And that's going to be at the Four Seasons, which is off Union Street downtown, 215 Union. Uh, the doors open at 530. Uh, I know Lanisha, they brought them in and group. They have something. If you go to their website, you'll see quite a bit of information. And once again, I want to give a shout out to SeaTac Bar Group, LLC, Sound Transit Office of Civil Rights, Equity and Inclusion, the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, the City of Seattle's Purchasing and Construction Services Department. And uh, if you uh, know of anybody that's trying to get a piece of the pie, uh, have them tune in to namcwad.org at five o'clock and get some information about what does the 15% goal that President Biden has put out there? What about the 200 million come from the state? So thank you very much. Thank you, Bob, for hanging on. We appreciate you. Thank you, Eric. And we will talk to you again. Eddie Rye Jr. over and out.